Hi, welcome to the Let's K-12 Better podcast. This podcast is a project between Mama Ball Capes and her kids. Hi! In our podcast, we will cover a variety of subjects involving K-12 education and family life. We will talk about the ways that parents, kids, and educators can improve K-12 education and family life. We encourage you to join our conversation on social media using the hashtag Let's K-12 Better. Let's jump in to episode 8 of the Let's K-12 Better podcast. This moment is overwhelming to process, but it also motivates us toward a desire to do something. Do something, but what? Some people have a desire to peacefully protest, but might be stuck in the house due to COVID-19 or familial responsibilities. Others just aren't quite sure what to do, so they feel paralyzed by their lack of awareness around how to create meaningful and long-lasting impact in a moment like this. There are a lot of things adults and kids can do right now. When parents decide to do something, we begin to set habits in our kids around what it means to be a community member, what it means to think about larger world issues and contribute to solving them. We show our kids that we are vulnerable and fallible humans that do not have all of the answers. But one thing is certain, our choice to take action reinforces this notion in our kids to feel connected to the wider world and to larger human rights issues. And we want people connected to human rights issues because when an issue impacts a person from a different community, it impacts us too. In his letter from a Birmingham jail, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stated, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Never again can we afford to live with the narrow, provincial, outside agitator idea. Anyone who lives inside the United States can never be considered an outsider anywhere within its bounds. We don't want to be victims of apathy. Apathy encourages us to check out. Apathy prevents us from full participation and belonging to a community on any level. If we ignore the problems, we're showing our kids that this is the proper response to suffering. When we tap out, we train our kids to tap out as well. We need to tap in. We need to cultivate helpers, especially in times of trauma and intense need. And we must cultivate interconnectedness in our children. There are a variety of ways to participate and contribute towards justice. And kids need to see and understand that everyone has their own part to play. If each person can find their role in making the world better, we're all winning. We need artists and protesters and lobbyists and healers and medics and community organizers and voters and thought leaders and educators. Think about a basketball team. A basketball team has a variety of roles. Some players are stars. They got to drop 40 points a night. 
Other players come off the bench and play defense in the last five minutes of the game, either to secure a win or help apply pressure to get that ball back. There are players who their entire role is just to rebound and box out. At this moment, you might be thinking, I'm not dropping 40 points tonight. I don't think I'm even in the game right now. I feel like I'm watching from my smartphone and there's nothing I can do. Wow, that's where you're wrong. We're all in the game. Even if you're just holding up signs as a teammate on the bench, you're holding up that sign or swinging that towel in the air in the midst of the action. You're handing out water, towels, and encouragement to the people coming out of the game. You're giving emotional energy through cheering, but you're still on the floor, close to the action, waiting for your turn to get in. The one thing that should be absolutely clear right now in this moment is that none of us are sitting in the stands. No one's role should be to sit in the stands when it comes to human rights issues, when it comes to social justice, when it comes to civic engagement, when it comes to civic participation, no one is a spectator or a fan in the stands. A spectator might be wearing the team's jersey, but they're not in the game. It's not their name on the back of the jersey. A spectator is someone who comes in, gets entertained, and then they leave. Spectators are supportive, but their commitment is passive. They're watching. If life were a game of basketball and our communities are our teams, everyone has a role to play. Not everyone's role is the same, and sometimes our role changes over time or it changes depending upon the situation. So if our communities are like teams, right now we need everyone engaged. How do we move from being spectators to teammates? How do we move from passive to active? How do we move from hopeless to hopeful? Here are a couple of ways that families can engage in the current social justice and racial justice movement from home. Donate. Find organizations and people providing services during this traumatic time who need monetary support. Educate. Evolve your ideas about race through reading books and watching documentaries that challenge you to move forward on your anti-racist journey. Create. Paint. Photograph. Write. Record, so use art as a medium to communicate your pain, your voice, your ideas. Demonstrate. Stand in solidarity with a sign in your front yard each day for a couple of minutes. Encourage your neighbors to do so too. Instigate. Write a strongly worded letter to public officials about this moment and asking them about their plan for creating more equitable and just outcomes. Communicate. Speak out against injustices, large and small, when you see them. Participate, vote in person or by mail. We can no longer sit in a seat of privilege and believe that the world is falling apart because the world was already falling apart. We just didn't notice. What we are seeing is the world coming together. This is a call to each person's conscience to make a specific decision about what kind of world we want for our children. And even if we do have privilege to turn on cartoons all day and try to zone out, in the back of our minds, we do understand that people are dying and people are suffering. We can't train our kids to ignore 
human suffering. When we suffer, we do not want to be ignored. We want our suffering and our humanity to be acknowledged. We want someone to come to our aid. So it is our responsibility to teach kids that we need to come to the aid of others. We need to acknowledge the suffering of others, to spend time pondering how humanity suffers and explore what we can do to improve that collective suffering. And when we can't address suffering in person, we have to get a bit more creative about our contribution to making life better for others. Talking to your kids is critical, but you must turn talk into action. Action reverberates. It has longevity. It's what creates impact and change. This moment and the injustice within it will not end until we collectively end it. It's not just words and hashtags and lip service. It's actions, collective actions, laborious, time-consuming, inconvenient, uncomfortable, important, hard work. Okay, so now we're going to get into some discussion questions um, about today's topic. All right, question number one. All right, what are some ways that people can help out right now, especially if they can't make it down to the protest? Um, ways they can help is they can make signs for people. What they can also do is make masks because still it's coronavirus season. Um, they can donate. They can make shirts for homeless. They can donate food for people who need it. and They can donate food for people who need it. And they can also, like, um, um, even kids, they can do stuff to help. They can make signs with their um, parents, even. So you're saying that no matter what, there's something that people can do. Yes. Okay. I have two things. So the first thing is that instead of making signs like on a piece of paper and stuff, since you're not going outside to the march, maybe you can make social media posters or social media ads, like not to like your stuff, but just to like tell people like, hey, you know, Black Lives Matter or anything related to that. I also want to say like to educate your children that there's more than one black person who's like great other than Martin Luther King. Um, because there's this one kid, I'm not going to name his name, but there's this one kid and we were doing class project and like my teacher was like, okay, everybody need, it was black history month. And my teacher said for everybody to pick a black person to like write about or something like that. And he picked Martin Luther King Jr. Even though I don't, maybe he does know that there's other people. Maybe he does know, but, but like he's the only person that at school that everyone talks about Martin Luther King Jr. Harriet Tubman even though there's other people like Shirley Chisholm and other people like that so you're saying that like right now in this moment it's a great opportunity for everyone to find out about other black people throughout history not just the common ones yeah and contemporarily uh, that are doing great things not only for the black community but for for the world yeah so Use this as a moment to expand your knowledge of what black people and non-black people of color can do and contribute. That's a good point. 
Okay, so we're going to move into our next question. Right now, um, a lot of people and a lot of communities are experiencing trauma, right? Um, so, you know, what can parents teach kids about helping out during moments of extreme trauma or suffering when a lot of groups of people are hurt, right? Um, what do you, what are some life lessons that you learn? Um, it makes you think a lot about other people than necessarily yourself. Why is this moment where we're focused on like racial justice, we're focused on Black Lives Matter, why is it important for parents to teach their kids how to figure out how to help other people right now? Why is that important? It's important for the future. You said it's important because of the future. Why? Because I think these days, like most children, not all of them, most of them are so spoiled and stuff, myself included. And people and kids need to learn to help others because later on we can't have just a self, a set of selfish people in the world. We got to have people who care about others. So why do we need people who care about others? Like, why is that even important? Some people might be like, it's just about me. Like, I don't care. Like, why do we need people who worry about other people? Because <clears throat> say you want to run for office. If you want to run for office, you can't just pass laws if you're in Congress or you can't just put stuff out there that you want because for your sake. Because when you leave the earth, other people are going to have to, if they don't, if they like it or not, suffer because of your thing that you put out. So it's better. It's better to do something that everyone wants so that later on when you leave the earth, everyone's happy. Okay. All right. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to add? I want to say that, um, Garvey, you touched on a very interesting, like, topic inside of the spectrum, which I thought that how you, like, said it was really interesting and great. I think that, um, I kind of want to piggyback off of Garvey because, um, like, if you... For example, like she said, if you're president, or if you're at a bakery shop, right, you make all these delicious treats, but there's one person who comes in every day and is like, give me the usual, but then they run out of the usual, and they're like, well, um, no one else gets to have that because we run out every day. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. We're talking about empathy, and you're talking about cupcakes. <laughs> Like, bro, <laughs> please get out of here with that, okay? Apparently, apparently folks want cupcakes. Yeah, they do. Listen, stop. Like, <laughs> you are the worst. Okay. I was trying um, to use an analogy. I'm sorry. It's all right. Like, it just <laughs> fell super flat. All right. Let's try. Let's just move on to our next question. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. What do you think that means? I think that means, like, for example, you know, the black, um, there's this, I, I think it's like a phrase or something, where it says, um, all lives don't matter until black lives matter. I think that really spe speaks out to me. Hmm. Okay. So it's kind of like, Fannie Lou Hamer's quote, nobody's free until, until everyone's free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Can I add to Sophia? 
Okay, so I think that what she says also means that, to be honest, the quote is true. All lives can't matter until the race that is most discriminated um, is is saved a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, pe- like justice applied to those people who are experiencing the most injustice? Yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. When you look at the marches, the protests, and the murder of George Floyd and others who have died because of police brutality, what should a person take out of this entire experience? Be empathetic. What do you mean by be empathetic? Um, like some people are like turning this like to make it ab- trying to center their themselves into like this narrative. They need to be more empathetic, like. Um, like George Floyd literally got murdered recently. Like, what are his parents going through? What are his loved ones going through? Like, you don't, you probably don't know what they're experiencing. So, why are you like trying to be selfish? Right. So, we want to make sure that we're careful about the things that we say and the judgments that we make. Yes. Mm, that's a very, that's an excellent point. All right. What are you thinking? We need to give people voices because before the police officer murdered George Floyd, he should have just let him talk and say what he needs to say. He should have asked him the questions like, hey, did you know that it was fake? The $20 bill was fake. Did you know all these things? He needs to figure it out first before sending him to jail, before taking action. He needs to give him a chance to speak. And he and all the police officers should have done that with every single person that they've murdered. Mm, so we want to make sure that people um, get to exercise their rights before they're charged for anything or, uh, get, or get their rights violated or get their rights violated or eliminated. Right. OK, that's a great point. Should this moment make people think differently? I think it should because. I think it should because before no one knew about what was happening because it wasn't in the spotlight or on the news. But now it's like out and about and everyone sees it on social media, the news everywhere. I think they should take from that because like they maybe they're doing something bad to help that or influence that. So I think that like... If they're doing something to help influence 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 it, influence it, they should stop. So you're saying that sometimes um, people are contributing negatively um, like saying, to the narrative of police brutality, or like blaming someone, like, "Hey, that guy did something," when they don't know. Right. I'm not saying that the person didn't do it, but they just don't know. Right, and we'll never know. Right. He didn't get to speak. He didn't get a right to speak. Mm. I want to add on to Sophia. I'm going to say it again, but like in my own words, kind of differently. Um, People knew this was happening, but they didn't. Knew what they, was happening. The police brutality against black people and all people of color. And um, white people too. White yeah. people experience police brutality. That's why, again, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere how can this moment make people think differently uh i think this moment one should make people think differently and it should make people think about like 
um, what other people are going through and like necessarily like how can they help? Um, I don't know why I said necessarily, but like how can they help their community and families that are going through this traumatic time? There's a moment like this, right? There's a moment like this where you're seeing um, police brutality like on full display. Does a moment like this change people's minds? Do you think, think people's minds are changed? I think people's minds are really changed. Maybe they might not trust in the police anymore because um, maybe the people that they thought they were that were protecting them might just be against them. Are there opportunities then, knowing this, right? Are there opportunities for the police to build trust with communities? Yes, there is. Yes, Yes, there was. So we're going to talk about mending communities and rebuilding communities after traumatic events like this. Because there are a lot of cities who that are going to need, like Minneapolis, uh, that are going to need to rebuild. And they're going to need community members to, to trust each other again and to work together on solutions. So what are some ways that communities can heal in these times? I have a few things to say. My first thing is that you can ask somebody for help. So, like, if you don't know what to do in this time, you can, like, listen to podcasts, look at blogs, or actual good blogs, like, maybe not opinionated, a lot of opinionated blogs, but more like facts blogs, um, so that you can get more information. Maybe read articles, watch informative YouTube videos. Sometimes the news is good, so maybe watch the news. That's just maybe and stuff like that. My second thing. Wait, so you're saying that each person has a responsibility right now to inform themselves and get good information, good background information? Yeah. Okay, all right. My next thing I want to say is maybe meet up in groups to talk about it because some people, they might be having a traumatic experience right now and they have no one to talk to, so maybe you can meet up in a group and talk to about your feelings maybe not talk about your feelings like that but like talk to each other about how you're feeling and support each other so it's great to kind of hash it out I guess I mean I guess you've already said that part right so I think that that's a great idea you know do you have to meet in person to talk no you can have zoom calls you can have phone calls you can have any call yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so you're leaning into relationship building as a, a way to mend communities, like talking with other people and connecting with people. Is that what I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. All right, cool. So using information to connect with other people. Yeah. How about you? How can communities, how do communities heal after this? How do they mend? How do they bounce back? after something like this this is for something like a large group so probably after quarantine but like you could have like a huge get together with your community and like all sit out together have like a barbecue or sit and watch a movie on like a um, film projector and like just have some like community bonding time because one we've been indoors a lot and two because we need to be strengthening our community relationships that is a really awesome point so activities can bring people together around around commonalities i guess right huh that's pretty cool 
All right. Thank you guys for this awesome conversation. I really appreciate you guys insight into this topic. We challenge families to use these same questions to have a discussion about the ways in which we can help to rebuild our communities and lend a helping hand to those in need. If you have any cool epiphanies you'd like to share, please leave them in the comments or share them with us on social media. Each episode, we will share quotes that we find inspirational and sometimes we'll share what we think they mean. Janet Jackson is an American singer, songwriter, dancer, and actress. She began her career on the television series The Jacksons and went on to fame in the music industry. Her quote, I am convinced that we black women possess a special indestructible strength that allows us to not only get down, but to get up to get through, and to get over. Alice Walker is an American novelist, short story writer, poet, and social activist. In 1982, she wrote the novel, The Color Purple, for which she won the National Book Award for Hardcover Fiction and Putzler Prize for Fiction. My quote is, the animals of the world exist for their own reasons. They were not made for humans any more than black people were made for white or women created for men. My quote is by Beyonce, an American singer, songwriter, record producer, dancer, and actress, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Beyonce performed in various singing and dancing competitions as just a little child. She rose to fame in the late 1990s as the lead singer of Destiny's Child, one of the best-selling girls' groups of all time. My quote is, Be healthy and take care of yourself, but be happy with the beautiful things that make you, you. Shirley Chisholm was an American politician, educator, and author. In 1968, she became the first black woman elected to the United States Congress. In the 1972 United States presidential election, she became the first black candidate for a major party's nomination for the president of the United States. And she was the first woman to appear in a United States presidential debate. Her quote, racism is so universal in this country, so widespread and deep seated that it is invisible because it is so normal. What do these quotes mean to you? What's your favorite from the ones that we shared? Let us know on social media using the hashtag Let's K-12 Better. Thank you for listening to the Let's K-12 Better podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media at Mom of All Capes Everywhere and follow the Let's K-12 Better podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Share your thoughts about this episode using the hashtag Let's K-12 Better. That's hashtag L-E-T-S-K-1-2-B-E-T-T-E-R. You can now find us on your favorite podcasting app. See you.
you next time.